As the calendar turns to summer and things heat up here in the Northern Hemisphere, Gartner's thoughts turn to cooler things on a global basis. Cool vendors, that is. Hi, I'm Scott Smith for Gartner ThinkCast, and we've got the chief author of Gartner's annual report on cool vendors here on the line with us. Daryl Plummer leads the Gartner Fellows, and he also leads the search for those vendors stepping out into the cutting edge of digital business. Daryl, welcome. So as we look at the 2017 crop of cool vendors, are there attributes that really stand out across the board? Well, cool vendors is always a tough area because we have so many reports, some on the range of 79 to 80 reports a year with five vendors per report typically. And that means a lot of vendors to talk about, a lot of areas to talk about because they cover almost every area of interest within Gartner. Cool vendors this year has been interesting in that we're in the middle of this digital evolution that's going on. And as digital becomes more important, it becomes more difficult for people to say they're cool because everybody has something interesting going on in this day and age. However, in Cool Vendors 2017, what we find is that there are a lot of vendors out there that are trying to figure out how to stand out by offering some new technology. One of the areas is in blockchain applications, for instance, a very hot area, a very hyped area. So we have a number of vendors in that area that are trying to stand out from the crowd to make themselves noticed. A second thing about Cool Vendors this year is that many of them are solving problems that have been around for a long time, problems with technologies in areas that are older, for instance, uh, in legal affairs. The idea of dealing with massive amounts of digital content and documents is now being supported by the notion of artificial intelligence to help sort through it all. But solving problems that have been around for a while in interesting new ways. And then the third one is helping businesses to actually disrupt or to be disruptive themselves, helping to change the very nature of some process or, or activity that's going on in the world such that we can create a new way of viewing it, a new way of approaching the processes and the activities that are going on there. So we're seeing a lot happening in cool vendors across those three areas, and we expect to see a lot more. Well, you mentioned it's getting harder and harder to be cool, or I guess maybe cooler due to digital and all we're doing and so much disruption going on. What then, how then does Gartner define a cool vendor? Cool vendors are typically companies that are lesser well-known. We don't like them to be too old because then that suggests that they've probably had many rounds of funding, maybe had uh, even a public you know, offering. So we try to keep them newer companies that are lesser well-known. Typically, they have to be under $100 million U.S. million in annual revenue. They have to be compelling and offer something interesting to the market that either shifts or disrupts the market or brings a solution to the market that's really necessary. So we're trying to just focus on those companies that need a little more attention to given what they're doing because what they're doing can be helpful to different kinds of customers. And that's where we shoot for with uh, cool vendors. How does then Gartner determine who makes the list? In trying to determine the list of cool vendors, we start with a selection process that begins in January of each year where analysts are asked to nominate vendors who they feel are cool. So the vendors can't nominate themselves. That's one of the things that they would love to change about our process because everybody wants to be named a cool vendor, it seems. But really, it's the analyst that's in control of the nominations. The nominations are all gathered together, and then there's a team of people, myself, Martin Reynolds, Janelle Hill, John Lovelock, and Kelly McCarron, who go through these and evaluate which ones we think fit the mold of cool vendors and which ones we think are outside the boundary. Once we do that, we report back to the analyst community which ones have been accepted, which reports can be written, and the analysts will start with it. The, the interesting thing that gets asked all the time is by, um, out by clients and by vendors and user clients alike is how does one become a cool vendor? How can one 
make it happen. Uh, and as I say, analysts have to nominate. So the really only way you can make your chances stronger is to interact with the analysts on a regular basis. Make sure they know what you're doing. Make sure they know what's interesting and unique about what you do. And then when it comes time to make nominations, you'll come quickly to mind for those analysts. We try to make sure that Cool Vendors is not a PR or marketing exercise for the vendors. Instead, it is an attempt to discern what's interesting about those vendors that those vendors that the people who need those vendors will be uh, able to use. So getting in there is really all about convincing the analysts that you're of value to customers. Daryl, how should readers of the special report, uh, clients and users, approach this? Is this something they should be saying, oh, these vendors I should factor into my selection process now? Is it this is a heads up on what's coming, you know, in the next couple of years? From a strategic standpoint, how do we utilize the special report? Well, the special report is actually useful, typically the CIOs, but it's useful to three main audiences, and that is, in general, the end-user audience, that is CIOs and IT professionals and business professionals, the technology provider audience, or what we used to call vendors, who sell technology, buy technology, and partner for it, and, of course, investors, those people who are looking to verify the lists of companies that they're willing to invest in and, and where they're going. Those three audiences are great places for cool vendor content because with the end-users, it helps them to understand what technologies to explore and what technologies they might invest in that are earlier in their life cycle because the companies are still really rising in this space. I mean, you have areas like artificial intelligence and machine learning that are rising that have to be coupled with the ideas of data science in the end-user organizations. So you look at a vendor like DataRobot. They bring a solution to solve the shortage of data science talent that's out there in the world. And they could disrupt data science staffing initiatives through the use of machine learning techniques and you know, optimizing data science teams with smart data discovery. All of these kinds of things they do to actually help end-user customers figure out how to leverage our AI more effectively through machine learning. The vendors, on the other hand, the tech providers, they can use these vendors to understand who should they be partnering with? What are the companies going to make a difference to their ecosystem and how that ecosystem evolves over time? Whether you're a big vendor or a small vendor, you can look at cool vendors to find the list of companies that are going to do this. In an area like compute platforms, Right now, we're seeing hyperconverged integrated systems rise. And, you know, 8KPC is a hyperconverged integrated system vendor that is really automating this innovation differentiation through hyperconverged systems. Vendors, when they look at this, can say, hey, is this the next addition to my technology stack, or can I actually open up a channel through which 8KPC can actually help us to actually do more things over time? So really looking out to find these vendors that are going to be useful to you is a great thing for vendors to do. And then lastly, the investors, always managing their investment list. We have the right people on. We're giving the right amount of money to a vendor to do something interesting, innovative, or to help people to stand out. And they look through these vendors for these opportunities and to see if the cool vendors report sort of jibe with what they have got. Have they missed someone? Have they got someone on there that maybe they shouldn't be considering at this point? And then they're able to actually find themselves in a better place because of it. And this, by the way, keep in mind, happens all across the world. We have reports from all around the world. So, for instance, in East Asian AI, we look at companies that are doing things in East Asia for artificial intelligence, like for Paradigm. Now, if you are looking for an investment, you can't stop at the borders of a given country. So you have to look at cool vendors for other countries, and we have Latin American companies, we have European companies that are in cool vendors. And if you look at someone like Israel, which is 
probably has more companies in cool vendors every year than any other specific region in the world, at least for startups. It's very interesting to look at these kinds of companies. So those three audiences can benefit greatly from uh, looking at the vendors in these lists and seeing exactly where they're positioned moving forward. Daryl, thank you. Managing Vice President Daryl Plummer is the Chief Gartner Fellow and the Chief Author of the 2017 Cool Vendors Report, now out on Gartner.com. You can learn more about this year's Cool Vendors honorees in Daryl's webinar, Cool Vendors for 2017, The Digital Nail Gets Hammered, so be the hammer. Get the details and also more webinars on a wide range of topics at Gartner.com slash webinars. And take a listen to more of our Gartner ThinkCast discussions, which you can find at Gartner.com slash podcasts. Or subscribe to them via iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and Google Play. For Gartner ThinkCast, I'm Scott Smith. Thanks for listening.